Hi, welcome to the Recalculating Life podcast, helping you navigate the detours of life. I'm your host, Vijay Arora. I interview professionals of various careers to provide insight into their work experiences, education, lifestyle, and more, as well as discussing important topics in life. Discover your interests and aspirations with your host, Vijay Arora. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Hey, listen, I, I love what you're doing, man. This is Thank this you. is a fantastic mission. It's really fun to do and like talking to a bunch of different people and learning a bunch of different things. Well, and plus, you know, you're sharing it with your community and yeah. it's it's a very forward thinking initiative that I, I think is fantastic because, you know, when I was, what are you, 17, 18? I'm 17, didn't turn 18 soon. Okay. When I was your age, I just simply didn't have the, the, the wherewithal to even be thinking about these bigger picture things. I was just keeping my nose down and I had a plan and I was just working the plan, but I wasn't thinking about the plan. So I, I think this is an awesome way to, to open people's minds about other opportunities, things they haven't thought about. So kudos to you, man. This is great. Thank you. Yeah, because I know there's, I kind of know what I want to do, but I also wanted to, with COVID and everything, I couldn't actually go to any campuses or talk to any people. So I just wanted to do this because I also feel like I have a lot of resources at my disposal, like with the privilege I have, and a lot of people don't have that. So like, this is a way to get that information out there. doesn't matter how many people see it, but I just want to try to get that information out there. Well, and, and I, that to me speaks to your motives, you know, the, to the authenticity of your motives and, you know, you're not chasing eyeballs. You're just trying to create authentic content and, and provide information to other people who might find it useful. And that's, that's a really cool thing to do and a very advanced, I think, uh, um, motivation to have. And plus, I love the fact you're doing a podcast. I love, this is my first podcast interview and I am, Super stoked! I, I, you know, I listen to podcasts hours a day, and the fact you're creating content, I mean, which is what I do, but on this format is 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 super cool. Mm-hmm. So, what exactly do you do? I make TV shows. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> so we produce we produced a few TV shows, but uh, the one that we just wrapped up last week is a show called Garage Squad, which is, it is, it's a cool show. In fact, it's on tonight and it's on, we're in our seventh season. So we've been doing this for, for a while. Um, so we have Garage Squad in season seven. We produced a previous show, which was our kind of cutting our teeth show called One of a Kind. These are all automotive shows. So every show that we've produced has been for uh, a Discovery, which owns a, a, a network called Motor Trend. Mm. Well, like, I, it's, it's, it's a joint partnership with Motor Trend, um, but it used to be called Velocity, but it, it's an automotive-centric channel. I, I know that, it is. I'm into car and stuff. Excellent. Tonight, good episode. You might want to check it out. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's what we do now. We, but we created a business, my partner and I created a business that sits half into television shows and the other half is, is more traditional advertising and marketing. Mm-hmm. So 
the the connective tissue there is is storytelling and and trying to engage people in something we are hoping they would be interested in, whether it's hey, watch the TV show or maybe this is something for you and you want to buy this particular product. We work with, with McDonald's, the American Heart Association, we work with Nike. Um, so we we have two different sides of the business and we like it that way. It, it It's almost like, you know, if, if you talk to a financial planner, you should diversify your portfolio. Yeah. That's what we're doing because both sides of this equation can be very volatile. You know, if the TV show goes away and the ratings aren't good or, or there could be a hundred different reasons why that could go away. We still have this other side of the business to compensate for the volatility of this business that we're in. You know, we're not actuaries, we're not, you know, real estate agents uh, or, you know, career bureaucrats or anything like that. This is an entrepreneurial business and it's pretty volatile. So we have to kind of hedge our bets a little bit. So like on your LinkedIn, it kind of describes it as like a creative incubator. So do you actually participate in making the TV show or come or is it just like coming up the, with the ideas? So basically my question, like what's the day-to-day within your job? Ah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great question. So we make the TV show. So we have our hands in virtually every piece of this show. So this was a, a kind of a unique uh, situation where we had a relationship with the network they had this kernel of an idea and they said, Hey, we've got this idea. Can you guys go spend some time thinking about it and come back to us with what, how you'd recommend turning this idea into a show. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. And we spent a couple of months. I mean, this is not a, a two day thing. It's, it's, it takes a while. It's a very complicated process, but within the process, we, I had to really think granularly about how do we take this nugget, but also make it big and make it into a storyline or a franchise that people are going to want to tune into every week. And that's, that's quite a challenge. So there's a lot of creative thinking. And the, the thing about, about TV is, Oh, so you have a little guest here, my dog um, with making TV is it's, it's a lot more, logistics and execution than you might normally think. You might think like, oh, it's about the story, it's about the characters, yes. But it's also about how do you get it done? What's legal? How much money is it gonna cost? Who are the, how are you gonna build a team that is going to be experts in various, very specific things that will, that will make this show a success? So it's a, it's a general management job that starts with, okay, r- lots of creative thinking, lots of storytelling. What if this? What if that? How will we shape this? Because these narratives have a pretty uh, specific arc. And you've probably heard story arc. TV is no different than a book or a poem or a song. It's got a start somewhere. It's got to get you involved emotionally. You've got to have a a climactic moment and then you bring it back down and resolve the story. So that's what you start with. And then once you figure that out, that's when you say, okay, uh, where are we going to shoot this? How are we going to solicit stories from people? Because Garage Squad, we're working with 
just regular people that send submissions in that say, hey, I need help. I have this car. It, it was the Corvette my dad bought when he got back from Vietnam in 1969. Mm-hmm. He's since passed, left me the car, and I haven't been able to do anything with it. I don't have money. I don't have the time. I'm not a mechanic, but I can't sell the car, but I want to get it back so I can drive my kids around in it. So we airdrop our team in and fix it and get it back on the road safe. It looks great. Um, and everybody feels awesome. It's that's the big, you know, problem climax solution. And you spend a lot of time working through that before any network's going to allow you to move forward, certainly to hire you to make a show because, you know, these are expensive propositions. So like doing all that, creating these relationships with different people, setting up these teams, how do you measure like success within that role? That's a great question as well, because the, there are, is the show successful metrics, which are views, mm-hmm. however you want to define it. That's a huge piece. It used to be ratings. Now it's a little bit less ratings because people are doing a lot of VOD, DVRing stuff, but also on demand, you know, watching it on the Motor Trend app. So those views really, really matter. And that's where things are starting to migrate in the television business. The other piece that a lot of people don't recognize is advertisers and sponsors. That They're the ones that pay for all this. So there are no TV shows without advertisers or at least some kind of supplemental sponsorship. And that can, that, that can manifest it, it, itself in, in a handful of ways. One is they're just buying commercials during your show, but then there's what they call an integration. So, okay, Midas wants to be in the show and we do a demonstration about tires, brakes, whatever. But you say, you know, you see a, a, a Midas logo or you have somebody from Midas come in, and you do that and they and they pay for that so that's covers the cost of production to make the show so there's a lot of different ways that they monetize television or at least content so how did you get into like this type of job and why automotive sort of filming well so my partner matt burnett and i own the company mm-hmm. and we both worked at a place right out of college like we graduated and got a job at a place called Leo Burnett, which is an advertising agency, big advertising agency in Chicago. That's where we met. We became best friends and did marketing and advertising for, for quite a while. Uh, I think I was there for 13 or 14 years and he was there for at least that maybe a little bit longer, but we also were able to look around and say, you know, this isn't something we're that we want to do forever, but we're also seeing, the world around us changed. And that's when digital production became a, a kitchen table kind of thing where historically you'd spend hundreds of thousands of dollars just to make a 30 second commercial, fly to LA and directors and the whole big hoo-ha. It started to change. You know, you get an iMac, well, where we are today, have an iPhone, you can make really high quality content, whatever that is. We saw that early and said, you know what, we should get in on this now and start developing a content incubator, a content platform, because we can go make really cool content, tell really cool stories 
for a fraction of what these big companies are paying. And that's how Super Genius got started. That was the impetus for why we started doing what we're doing. Now, our, our journey to the television TV show world was a very natural, we always wanted to do it. I've always wanted to make TV shows. Since I was a kid, my mom was in television mm-hmm. and it's always something I had a passion for. And our first client was the Learning Channel. So we got involved with the Discovery family of, of networks and started making marketing things like ads, like, you know, 30 seconds, 60 second ads, little bits and bobs here. And then we created relationships with people inside. And I can't underscore this enough. Relationships are the vital beating heart of any entrepreneur, but it's also super important for anybody that wants to be successful in anything. Be kind, be fair, be responsive, take the initiative, because these, these relationships will, will be beneficial to you, no doubt about it. But also, you can be beneficial to other people. And this symbiotic relationship is what careers are, are, are made of. And we are certainly an example of that because we never would have gotten the chance to make television shows unless somebody, a friend of ours, said, I think these guys can do it. And they're worth the risk. We can trust them. And it, it makes all the, all the difference in the world. Yeah, I hear that from a couple of people. I've been like relationships are just really important networking and making those connections because you never know when they're going to benefit you in the future. And that's kind of what I'm like trying to do now, like making these connections, talking to people, learning about stuff. Yeah. And, and, and as long as you always play fair, play by the rules, yeah, you can bend and break some rules if it's appropriate and, and if it's in your conscience, but it will always benefit the trajectory of <clears throat> where you want to go. Because, you know, can we swear on your podcast? Uh, if you're, if you're going to be a jerk, it's going to come back to haunt you. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you. I guarantee yeah. you. So be kind, support others, help them when you can, and don't do it because they ask you to do it because you want to. And it will pay 10 times the dividends. And that, that's not the motivation to do it, but it just it's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So any entrepreneurial like venture is bound to have some challenges, difficulties they have to get over. So did you have any, what did you learn from those experiences? So being an entrepreneur, almost almost everybody that I know that has taken a step into this area has had, you know, a, a parallel story to mine. And the the day that we got our first check from a paying client, I was married, had a house and a mortgage and a dog, and we had $421 in the bank. It, and it took a year to just get to that point. Mm-hmm. So there are, there are ups and downs and the ups are bigger and the downs are downer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was, we've had many white knuckling experiences of 
well, you know, this company went out of business and they owed us a bunch of money and they're not going to pay us or, or whatever. But we've also had fantastic years where, you know, we sell another show and it's, it's, it's just awesome. The euphoria of, of the, of the success is like nothing else. It's awesome. But the downs are, are, are pretty down and, and the, the, the facts are pretty, are pretty stark. You know, four out of five small businesses go out of business in the first two years. So you walk into this, the odds are against you from the get go. And for some reasons, you know, like you look at this year, people who started restaurants in January, they could have been the best restaurateurs ever. But you can't control a global pandemic in what the, 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 hurricane force headwinds are going to be in that business right now. And it's not because you're a, a bad entrepreneur. It's just, you got kind of screwed by circumstances and that's always there. This is not a fair, uh, a fair venture and you got to work hard every day and, and be nimble and adapt and alert for those sort of things on the horizon that you're, you know, you're a little bit concerned about, you just got to keep your eye on it and just be smart about it. Just have common sense. Don't let your emotions draw you into a certain direction because you just want to go there. You got to be analytical. You have to think about the information you've got now and make hard, logical decisions um, based on that information. So you kind of touched on this, like in the end that answer, like the sort of being analytical and different things you have, like mindsets you have to take. So for teenagers or people my age who want to become an entrepreneur, or even go into a more specific, similar field like yours, um, what advice do you have for them? Like what traits do you think are necessary? So... First of all, what, one of the things I think is very important for young adults is to have an open mind, have an open mind and be adaptable because everybody's journey is going to be different. And as long as you come in, it, come at it with an open mind, a strong work ethic and motivation and th that doesn't necessarily just need to be, okay, if I want to make TV shows and I am 18, 19, 20, 21, if you're laser focused on that, I have a ton of respect for that. But the journey might not look like that. Mm. It might look like you need to go over and intern with, you know, let's call it uh, an NFL team. And you back your way into content or television because you have a passion for sports and you just migrated into their social media division for whatever NFL team, fill in the blank, and you learn. But that gets to the core. You have to have a passion for learning, humility to know when you make mistakes and learn from them, but never take your eye off the ball. And the ball doesn't necessarily need to be micro-targeted, it can be more broad. It could be, I want to, I want to be a creative person. Okay. That's a great starting point. You've now decided you don't want to be an accountant, a police officer, uh, a Navy fighter pilot or whatever. You want to be a creative person 
at that age, I think you need to keep an open mind about what that what that could be, because you could end up being an advertising person, a filmmaker, a television producer, uh, an author, uh, a motivational speaker with with a an, an ilk toward helping other people become creative people. That's what my wife does. Mm-hmm. So I would say if you can focus on an area of interest and then keep an open mind and then just work the program, which is, all right, I'm going to graduate from high school. All right. Do I want to go to college? Okay. Yeah, I do. All right. What, what schools have kind of an ilk to that? If you want to get into journalism, Northwestern's a great option. If you want to get into filmmaking, USC, there's a good pipeline if you want to get into that. But you know what? When you get into that, keep an open mind because you might get into it and be like, this is not exactly what I thought it was. But I did learn through that process that, you know what? I don't want to be a filmmaker. I actually want to write and be, you know, go be a script supervisor for somewhere or something like that that might really interest you. But you just have to expose yourself within that realm that you've decided that you're interested in and be open to different things because I can guarantee you the journey that you think you have when you're 17 or 18 is going to look a lot different when you're 30. Yeah, I find it really important to have an open mind, especially at like a younger age because teenagers are still developing, having new experiences, and even like our brains are still changing. So like you can think you're set on something like I used to be set on like business, like I still want to go into business, but I used to be set on like business major but then I learned so much more about, hey, I'm interested in politics and economics and like maybe I want to go into that field and then go into business. So like I do really think it's important to have an open mind. Well, I love I love the fact that that's how you framed it, because business is such a abstract, amorphous sort of term like yeah. business. I mean, at, at the end of the day, if you want to get into business, all that means is you want to have your own business, but of your own business of what? You want to be a restaurant or do you want to be, uh, you know, a political consultant and, and have a, a lobbying company that you want to get into D.C., which means, all right, well, you th- or, or, hey, I want to have my own private jet business. I mean, these are certainly businesses that people have, have created and been very successful with. But your trajectory to how you start the business would be very different. Like, okay, you want to create a political lobbying business. Well, you might want to go to law school. You might want to go to, or you might want to go to Georgetown, study political science, go to law school or get into the DC area and start clerking or, or interning for various political people. That's how you do that. And then you start volunteering for campaigns. And then you work on, uh, you know, a state Senate campaign and then you work your way up to a, uh, you know, a a national Senate campaign. And next thing you know, you're trying to get the next president of the United States elected. Mm -hmm. And then you do that. And then you have the credibility to punch out and start because you've got the connections, you've got the relationships to be a lobbyist. That's the truth. I mean, that's a trajectory to do that. If you want to be a restaurant, you know, you go to cooking school or you go to Cornell and get into restaurant management and learn it that way. And then you get in and you go work for Hyatt or whoever. So once you kind of figure out what 
general category, then it, then you start finding your interests within that, and it's the plan starts to, you know, kind of cre- not create itself, but you start being able to look at it and make decisions that you can see are logically going to help get you to where you want to go. Yeah, I find like for me, and I'm guessing a lot of teenagers my age, especially in this stage of like going to college and stuff, thinking about the big pictures somewhat like intimidating so i tried to like set that outer goal but then just outline the small steps i need to take now that'll like put me on that path not making the steps like for the next few years but just the steps i need to make in the very like close future that'll put sort of put me on that path and make decisions as i go with that goal in mind that is wise in, in in a number of ways. So it even if you look at some of the most rigorous crucible experiences you can have, the logic is keep your world small. And if you, you know, go talk to the guys that, that graduated from, you know, Navy SEAL training, they were just the, the only way they got through it was they said, I just wanted to get from one meal to the next, and then from that meal to the next, because I know everything in between is going to suck. It is going to be hard, brutal, painful. Uh, and if I think about, oh my gosh, I've got five more months of this, months of this, you quit. That's why people quit, mm-hmm. because the enormity of the objective is, oh, it's, it's just overwhelming. But if you just go, I'm just gonna get from breakfast to lunch and I'm gonna do all that tough work between that, but I'm just gonna get to lunch and, and, and then the dinner. And then I get to go home at some point and sleep. Make your world small. I think that is very wise. You, if, you, if you've established your objective, I wanna be this or I wanna do this and you've got a basic architecture for how you want to get from a to b but you're right get from a to a.1 and a to a.2 and just do a good job on each one of those incremental things next thing you know you've lost track of time which is important and you're because you're not keeping score and by the time you really have wrapped your mind around it you're almost there and then you can see the horizon. You can see the sun is rising and you are almost there. Um, I think that's really smart. I think that that's, and it's, it's not something that a lot of people, not just young adults, but adults get wrapped up, you know, around the axle of, oh, this is just too hard. Well, it's not that hard if you break it up into little teeny bits mm-hmm. and just do one at a time. Uh, so that's, I think that's great wisdom right there. Thank you. So like, Talking about paths, and then you mentioned earlier, like when you were younger, you knew you kind of wanted to go like the film industry. So are you happy with where your path has led you and are you content with your job? Yes. Um, When I was a kid, I may have misrepresented kind of my passion. I loved watching television when I was a kid. And I I was always intrigued because my mom was in television. She was a correspondent on the Today Show when I was in uh, middle school and high school. 
so I was exposed to television. So, you know, she'd bring me down to 30 Rockefeller Plaza because that's where NBC is, that's the day show. And um, it was, it was just fascinating to watch her work. But my interest when I was that age was I was going to go be a military Mm -hmm. pilot. So when I went to college, that was what I was focused on. Um, So I was going to, I, you know, I was going to join the Navy, go be a pilot, blah, 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 blah. Well, it didn't work out that well. And at that point I was like, Oh, well, that didn't work. It was a long story, but I had, I, I had a, I had a moment of like, okay, well, that was the next nine years of my life. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm 21. Oh gosh, what am I going to do? So that's how I got into advertising, which is a weird, you know, move off to the, you know, far, you know, right of, of, of where I was going to go. But I got there because I talked to my parents and they both were able to inform me as to, hey, you know, I, I, I see you. I know who you are. I know that you're a creative guy. And this might this might be a place that you might be interested in looking at. Just just take a look. Just take a look. So I did some research. I'm like, yeah, they they might be right. Oh my goodness, my parents might be right. So I did, and I applied to a whole bunch of advertising agencies, and got what I would say was the best of the best of them. I got a job at the best agency out there, and that led to this trajectory. And I must say, to answer your question, I'm very happy with my job. I love what I do. It's hard, but I also think that if you if if you love something enough, it's always going to be hard uh, because you're always trying to do the best you can, and life will always deal you challenges. And if you want it bad enough, you're going to work hard enough to preserve it and to keep doing it. Um, and I don't think it's different for television versus you know virtually anything else. I mean, if you want to be a good teacher, you got to work hard to be a good teacher, mm-hmm. not some kind of slacky one that is just, you know, showing up and cash and, you know, small checks for what you do, because you should be paying a lot more than what you're probably getting paid. But still, to be good and happy, you got to work hard. And I really do. I am very satisfied with with the lifestyle and and, and the work that that we do. But it, it, I would not gloss over the difficulties that we face all the time. And I'll give you an example. I mean, this year, shooting a show during COVID has been an absolute bloody nightmare of complications of liabilities you know we've got a team of like 30 people and for garage squad we shoot 10 episodes at a time and it's seven days on on a set each episode so we just wrapped up 70 seven zero days of production and one day of production is a slog 70 in a row is a marathon it's it's like a super marathon but then you throw the COVID stuff on top of it because if anybody gets sick, you're down. Like you shut down. That's it. That's all she wrote. 
for a while and then you come back. But we were able to thankfully not have anybody get sick. And that was really a, a, a relief of epic proportions because you care about your people and you don't want anybody getting sick, but you, you don't know what they're going to do when they leave set. So that's a challenge that we've never had before. We had no idea a year ago that we'd have to do that. And it created probably a hundred percent more stress and difficulty to be able to do it versus just a normal year where we're just going off and shooting cars and having a good time. So you've got to be ready for that stuff. I find it really interesting, like listening to everyone's different career paths and like, oh, I wanted to do this when I was younger and then I went here and then here and then now I'm here. And like seeing where they started thinking they wanted to be and where they actually ended up and still hearing that they are really happy with what they're doing because you learn a lot of new things along the way. And I um, have to get going in a minute because I have cross-country practice, but I like ending my podcast with some sort of lesson or advice. And you've touched on a lot of different things throughout this like conversation, but if there is something new or anything you want to reiterate that like a lesson or a piece of advice that you have for kids my age who are going into coming into the world? You know, the, maybe the one thing I would, and by the way, I respect your cross country running because that is, that to me is, is torture. Anything over a hundred yards, torture. So you certainly have a lot more, you know, intestinal fortitude than I did or do to do that. Anyway, so to answer your question, I think the, the, the most important thing that I would pass down, and I've passed down this to my son, who, but he's only nine, but I would share with your viewers is you have, don't get stuck in a plan that you get fixated on. Always be open-minded. Always be honest with yourself, because if you at 17 feel like I want to do this and you just get on a track and over that course of that track, you start second guessing or you start having your gut, your gut saying, eh, I'm not, but you just want to stick with it for the sake of sticking with it because you don't want to quit. It's not quitting. Listen to it because to your point, that's how the people that you talk to like me, where at 20, I was signed on with the Navy to be a fighter pilot or at least aspiring fighter pilot. And I end up making TV shows. It's because, and I wasn't good at this. So don't use me as an example. I like dug my heels in. Be open to listening to yourself and like, you know what? I might not want to do that. Let me look into this. Let me look into other things. Be exploratory. Go listen to your gut instincts. And if something doesn't feel right, don't double down on it because it's going to make your life a living hell because you are going to take your life and move it over here and it's going to go this way. And if, and if this is not the right way, 
and you double down on it, you're going to be 40 years old or, or whatever. And then take a look back at yourself and say, I shouldn't have done that. And I'll tell you one thing, it's a lot easier to, cor- to do a course correction when you're 17, 18, 19, yeah. 20, 21, because you haven't committed to this. You're just, you know, just keep tapping this to the direction you want to go straight up versus I'm just going to let this go like this. Because if it goes like this, changing it to this is really hard. It's expensive. That's why people get divorced. That's why people go broke. Because they, they're too far off their trajectory. Keep nudging yourself into the true north, no matter what that is. And that could be professionally. It could be emotionally. It could be with relationships. It's, 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 it's a holistic vision for don't let yourself get way out of whack. And, you know, addiction is, is probably one of the biggest ways to go from here to here like that. So just stay true to yourself, be open-minded and don't double down on stupid. Well, thank you for talking to me today. Like I really enjoy like learning about different experiences and you had a lot of lessons that you like sort of interspersed in your different experiences and I learned a lot from it. I it was a joy to do it and I will be happy to reconvene at any point if you'd like to. Okay. Well, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed and learned a lot. Stay tuned for our next episode.